Hello, hello, and welcome back to The Princess and the Bee. As always, give yourself a hot dose of gratitude to thank yourself for showing up for content that inspires and uplifts and champions and challenges. And speaking of inspires and uplifts, I am so excited, like so excited to bring you this episode. This episode was originally recorded back in February at my Crown's Council Mastermind, which took place as an intimate mastermind retreat the day after high performance experience. And so one of the the fun things about working with me and as a certified high performance coach, any one of my private clients gets a free ticket to high performance experience. And so I had clients fly in from the UK and drive in from all across America to come to this experience. It's one of my favorite things that I get to do with my clients is going to these live events and seeing them, hugging them in person and experiencing their breakthroughs as they experience a full immersion event. And I know it's been a hot second since many of us have been to an event in a while, and I don't know when we'll have the opportunity to be blessed with full immersion events again, but it was definitely one to remember and one that I deeply treasure. And this podcast could not be coming at a better time. It's so perfectly timed because as you'll discover from this episode, two of my clients, Stuart Morris and Susie Roberts, because of this event from the High Performance Experience and the Mastermind, joined forces across the pond to take Stuart's Institute of Professional Celebrants business into the U.S. with Susie as the chief operating officer of the U.S.-based operations. And I could not be more excited for these two launching the Institute of Professional Celebrants in the United States because life is precious. And those transitory moments of weddings, births, and funerals or celebrations of life that we were so used to seeing in one way before COVID are now being innovated. And yet they still deserve to be celebrated. So I'm so excited what these two have in store for their U.S.-based operations. And in this episode, you will also meet Kala Maxim, founder of Five Senses Tastings, a full sensory event immersion experience that I was blessed to experience back in December for her live events. Another and definitely be sure to go to the link in the description to subscribe to Kala's monthly wine club membership because she pivoted her business like a total badass during COVID. And you will also meet Lobro, who is the founder of Neon Positivity, the Twitch stream and show. And honestly, his business is one of my favorite examples because it shows that you can show up and chat and play video games as your most authentic self 
And last but certainly not least, you will hear for the second time on this podcast, my extraordinary husband, Spike Spencer, and the fun that we had working this event, creating this mastermind together. And we were all blessed with his cooking, which is a blessing for all to behold. Trust me. You will get to see some beautiful transformations and breakthroughs and ahas that take place right on this podcast, right on this episode. And I am so honored to have worked with each one of these glorious souls. So enjoy this behind the scenes look into five extraordinary entrepreneurs who are revolutionizing the way they do business, the way they show up in the world and who are choosing the path of high performance and vision regularly. I am so honored and blessed to have the ability to showcase and share with you these extraordinary humans. And please go into the description, check out their businesses, follow them on social media, because these are visionary leaders who are revolutionizing their industries. And I guarantee that the best is yet to come for each and every one of them, just like it is for you as well. Let these glorious humans be an inspiration for what is possible for you, for your business, for your industry, and for what you have in store for your amazing future. And now, let's go to the episode. Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life. Body, business, bank account, boys and babies. Let's make it rain. Oh look, the camera turned itself off. Yeah, it only has 20 minutes on it. Okay, it's like the... uh... (laughs) So thank you all for joining me on this wonderful adventure. Um, I'd like to welcome you to this mastermind. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Kim Pro. <laughs> so I am so blessed to be here with all of you. You have all just been such extraordinary humans that I have been blessed to coach and know, and I have seen what you are doing in the world, and I'm just curious, except for that guy. Like you're, I'm extraordinary, it's extraordinary to know you, but I haven't coached you because you really shouldn't coach your husband. I have coached him. It hasn't worked out the best. Outcomes always. Actually, we both coach each other. Yeah. We still go to each other. We do. Especially when you need to tell me to be the motherfucking queen bitch. That's right. So that's he is literally he literally has permission when I am playing small or getting scared to look me in the eye and say, Are you the motherfucking queen bitch or not? And I'm like, You're right. All right. And then it simply kicks me into action. Awesome. And what's mine? Don't get this. <laughs> oh, we're moving on up to the east side. 
She was like, are you moving on up to the east side? I have only said it once. <laughs> so only, I've only said yeah. it once, so it hasn't really stuck with me. He has to remind me. But that's, yeah, he said, are you being a motherfucking queen, which more than once to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when, when necessary and appropriate. So I'm curious. Oh, accountability. It's, it's 100% accountability. So what is it that got you into personal growth, into personal development? What made you want to take it to the next level with working with a coach? I'm just curious. Because when you know where your weaknesses are and recognize it and the need, the importance to reach out so you can just continue growing, that's why I did it. Because I realized that there were areas I needed help with and you can't grow and you can't help other people if you aren't the best you that you can be and have a push and have an accountability and have somebody seeing you and show you who you are. That you motherfucking mean, queen bitch? Damn <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So Stuart, what about you? Um, I think I have always had a vision of greater influence. And I played here and I played there and I tried this and tried that. And always bumped into this um, whole set of limiting beliefs. And I got to the point where I was just pig sick of getting to this brick wall. And I sat there one evening, I was just thinking, if I could work out how to get past this on my own, I would have done it by now. And the kind of, you know, I, I knew about coaches, I knew about high performance coaching, just I thought about becoming a high performance coach. But I think there was this moment in time when I built this business so far and I was thinking, this is the point where they usually stop growing if it's just me. And I recognized that point coming. And I thought, but if I stop here, the, I'm letting myself and everybody else down. And then it was just, okay, this, there has to be a solution to this. And that timing was that. And uh, what's happened in the interim since? Oh, we've grown a little bit. Um, since I how much? It's well, my favorite part. Can you brag on yourself for a little bit about what you've accomplished? Because it's huge. Okay, we're the number two supplier of this kind of training in the UK inside two years. Hell yes! <laughs> Hell yes! And? And we're about to launch in the US. And... Um, and I'm having so much fun. That wasn't the answer you were looking for. But, but that's amazing. Like, that's the thing. Is it and I think that the point that has really hit me in the last few days, loads of stuff that's hit me in the last few days, is that concept. I, I described it to somebody else the other day, and then it was said in the sem one of the seminars. You know, if you're running 100 meters against Usain Bolt, you need to be running in the same direction. Because if you can run as fast as you like, but if you're at 45 degrees to the racetrack, you're never winning. And so the alignment, getting yourself running down the race you're supposed to be running. And I realized that I've been trying to make something fit that was just off alignment. And then bringing what I'm trying to do with what my heart wants to do, where I'm most influential, where I'm most impactful, all of a sudden, Hey, I'm 
8.5 seconds, not 9.5 seconds. It, it, it's so easy when you're running it the way you should be running it, the race. Um, there's loads of challenge, all the rest of it. But actually, just to turn around and say, well, hang on, I went from nothing to the number two player in the UK. I've looked at the US market while I've been here. Actually looking at what's out there, I can be the number one player. Why not within two years? And that realization at first is terrifying, but then actually because of the work we've been doing, no, it's perfectly reasonable. You jump out of an airplane the first time, it's terrifying. Well, I've done that now. Second time around, it's going to be fun. Well done. Well done. Kala, what about you? What got you started on the trajectory? Part of what Stuart said, which was that I, I've always believed myself to be very attentive to what I'm doing. I don't live behind rose-colored glasses. Um, I knew that I was in a bad relationship the entire time I was in it, and I told myself I knew that. I didn't pretend that I didn't know it. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was nowhere near where I wanted to be, that I, I couldn't feel joy anymore. I didn't feel fulfillment in really much of anything I was doing. And I knew, I, I know that's not actually who I was born as, and certainly not who I'd like to live as. And I, I again, I knew I, I had gotten to the outside limit of what I could possibly do on my own. And I, uh, I knew that I needed help in strategizing my path. And I looked and I stumbled and I uh, lost uh, my first chance, let's call it, mm -hmm. um, with someone who wanted to baby me through the process and apply a certain methodology to me and to everybody else. And luckily, I was able to observe that it was not um, custom to my heart or my soul or my anything. And so I broke away from that person. And so that was I, another coach. That was another coach. And what I have appreciated um, working with you and with everyone in your group is that we feel so much that your approach is directed to exactly what we need in the moment. And while you might have some guiding principles, they're all adapted to us. And so um, while I'm still in the middle of, no, not in the middle, I may be 73% alone. <laughs> You've come so far. You've come so far. Uh, envisioning the future, I am much more comfortable knowing that even in the not knowing of it, I'm still secure. Awesome. Awesome. And low, that is amazing. And low bro. Hi. Low bro. What's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> On the journey to personal development, what inspired you to go beyond books and start into coaching? Hmm. I've had coaches my whole life. So I've always loved personal development. It's always been... It's always been part of my life since a, since a young age. Um, I remember my dad taking me to like a 
it was probably like a pyramid scheme sort of like <laughs> seminar event. But but there was there was leadership skills that they taught there, and those still That's exist. Like so like I, I learned a lot of cool things there. Uh, a lot of thing, cool things about um, um, developing myself. And so I've oh, that experience like helped me learn that I've always loved growing and finding things about myself that I can improve. And so um, I guess what really set me down this path is that I found out I could help others with it. And I like helping others with that. And I love teaching and I love um, giving information that helps people transform their lives. Um, and in that, that's, that's, I mean, that's why I love coaching is because you get breakthroughs on a regular basis. And that's, that's the big thing for me is that those breakthroughs, whenever you have those, uh, those are uh, invaluable. So for me to have a coach to help me get those regularly, to, to have paradigm shifts on a regular basis helps me feel like I'm growing way more faster than if I tried to do it alone. You are growing so fast. I'm so excited for what this next <laughs> year holds for you, given the breakthroughs from this weekend. So I know Spikey, I've kind of coached you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the timing on wow. that So instead of speaking on me as a, as a coach, but just what inspired you to... Oh, thank you. You're so biased. <laughs> but the... Um, but looking at like what is the benefit that coaching and having coaches has brought to you? Um, the benefit of having coaches is phenomenal, and it's funny when you were saying something right there. I just had a breakthrough. Did you really? I did. Oh yeah. See, and that's the power of community. Go for it. My first coach was my father. You know how that how that resonates with me. Uh huh. I played tennis when I was young, and so my coach. Now I know about uh, Norman Vincent Peale and some things like that, you know, uh, um, what is it, what's that, not Norman Vincent Peale, um, oh, How Do I Friends and Influence? So my father had, had known some of that, but so my actual coaching though was my father teaching me tennis, he never played tennis. And so, and we didn't get along all that well, and later on in life, I found I did not respect my father at all, so that tainted my coaching. Mm. It doesn't anymore. I just click through. And I was like, oh. Oh, bro, look at what a powerful coach you are. You just like right through. You did? Wait, how did, wait, what? Just uh, how did I help you with that? You talked about your, uh, your oh. dad. Oh, cool. it, it suddenly clicked on me. That was my coach. That was, for me, I'm like, I know more than you. I'm in the arena playing. And he was, and then later on, I, had, I lost respect for him from different angles. But... That, to me, I'm looking at that now because my next coaching was, I joined Amway when I was like 19. Hmm. And I got tons of coaching, classic, amazing coaching, really great and all. But that's fine. I'm not saying you know, go to Amway or anything. But in that arena, there's so much coaching, so much coaching, so much coaching. Mm -hmm. And so down the road, but I, I really, I've always been following coaches, but not really getting what I needed from them. And now going through with you and unlocking all the coaching, becoming a coach myself, that's it's I see it better. And now having that little breakthrough right there just put me on another level. I'm just a notch up because now I get it. I see what where my break is. 
And that is, that's the power of this, guys. I'm telling you right now, that's the power of this. I didn't have a breakthrough, I've been doing this for a while. Um, I never even thought of that, never even thought of it until right now. I'm just like, wow. Thanks, Lobro. bro. <laughs> so, so yes. So I'll let you through personal development and coaching. Um, the first one, it's like you have a podcast or something, Stuart, like, <laughs> and ask these questions. So the first uh, coach that I really had was my ballet teacher, and she taught me in many ways how I can train for something with excellence and something that I'm good at, but how to lose the joy in it. And that was a lesson that I never wanted to have. There were times in my life where I did lose the joy. And when I was 17, I stumbled upon my first personal development book in the world, uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm -hmm. And it was given to me by my acting teacher at the time. I was 17, I had just joined this elite acting school in LA, and James Franco and Ashley Judd had all been through it. And I was working with the coach and he had this you know I was a straight-A student he had this like list of things that um, and Al Alvin if you check mine as well yeah, yeah. he had this list of uh, books and I was a straight-A student so I was like okay you give me the books I will do the reading list I'll do the extra credit like I am doing everything but the back in that day I wanted to be a famous actress and the number one book that he had like highlighted in this box and I see the page it was this book will change your life. This is the only if you read no other book in this list, it's this one. It was the seven habits of highly effective people. Mm -hmm. Great it was the first one, the first book that I ever read that said you are in charge of your state and your feelings. I was like, <gasps> what do you mean? Because back then I grew up because I grew up with an addict. It was a very reactionary household. Everything was reactionary, and every reaction would be big and dramatic and huge and crazy. And for the first time, somebody opened that opportunity that you can choose who how you respond and fast forward several years later and several businesses later I didn't realize but I was coaching my clients for 10 years and, and teaching Pilates because as I was teaching them and learning from them they were learning so many breakthroughs and more people came to me because I was open and honest and vulnerable about my own experiences with battling an eating disorder and people came to me, my clients would find me because they didn't want to go to the personal trainer who's always been into fitness. And so that evolved into then fast forward to 2016 when I wanted to reverse engineer how I overcame bulimia without any psychological or medical intervention. And I knew I wanted to become a coach. And I was scared of the term coaching. I was scared of the world of coaching. I wasn't sure how to do it, but I said, I found out I was pregnant and I was like, there is no going back. And I signed up for my first training and my first coach literally two days later. Within two weeks, I was driving to Vegas pregnant, newly pregnant, to get certified in NLP timeline therapy and hypnosis and it changed my life. And my coach, Laura from Jersey, always called me out on my bullshit, which is what and I was, and she called me Sparkles. She was the first person to call me Sparkles. And I was like, this is, she saw me in my highest magnificence. And that's something that was a gift that she brought out in me that I've always, I'm very proud to say that that's something that I have as a success marker. I see people when they say they want to be what they want to be. And I'm like, I, I see you there. 
I had one client, I worked with her for two years, and at the end of the two years, she said, oh my God, did you ever think that this would be my life? And I was like, no doubt. I absolutely 100% believed it. And I, because I, I, I just, I have such a power of a belief in possibility. And that's been a purpose that's been instilled in me so deeply, is becoming a warrior for possibility. Mm-hmm. For anyone who ever says it, you can't, especially, oh my gosh, don't even get me started, says, anyone who says children can't, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, the mama's going to come out. Because <laughs> never will I ever let anyone live with my son, including himself. So, what I'm curious from all of you, because I know we've had some amazing breakthroughs this weekend at HPX, and I know all of you have, like, it has just taken this experience of coaching and collective and community learning to a whole new level. What have been the biggest breakthroughs for you that were, like, that were because of the community? 3,000 people are having the same questions just right here, right now. They're just a tiny percentage of the people in the world having these same questions and sharing solutions and hearing different ways to hear the same message. You're like so unbelievable. So supported mm-hmm. and not judged and not looked at like, oh, that's like I would never. You know, yeah. it's it's so comfortable and it allows you to be vulnerable and then dig in and let it, things out that you don't normally let out in front of perfect strangers, but they're not really strangers. And that's a gift, is that everybody is this community, is this huge tribe that just comes together for a reason, right? We're all put together, you know, and everybody can grow. And I mean... Stuff came out that I had no idea I even had in, in me. And so that was super cool. And to share real quick on the whole father thing, my father was very much out there. Mm-hmm. Big man, big did, 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 talked, knew Elizabeth Google Ross, right, all this stuff. And I used to go, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> you know, whatever. He passes away, and all the things that he taught me that I didn't know well, all the things that were in me, he's like, you can do that, and you should do that. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I want to do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. I don't want to do that. And then he passes away, and all this stuff starts coming back. I'm like, it was him. All that whole time he was guiding me, and I had no idea. And all that stuff was always there. And, you know, and this week just sort of brought that all out. It just brought it all out. And it was like, well, huge. Huge. Yeah. I've had so many revelations over the last few days, it's difficult to pick. A big, I think the alignment thing I spoke about earlier has been huge for me. Um, because I started on Thursday and I was, people say, what do you do? And I go, well, I do this, I do this. And then by the end of Thursday, I do this. And, and as soon as I went into that, the response coming back, there's so many people, well, we had that conversation where it wasn't a conversation, it was a monologue and I was deeply embarrassed about that and yet you wouldn't let me stop and ask you about you because you wanted to hear what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And that happened so many times and I was feeling, no, I want to hear about you. No, I really, really need to hear what you have to say. I need it. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and then to actually think, 
okay, let's give up with the trying to be polite. If people demand what I have to say, let's let them hear it. And the irony is you're entertaining us by telling us this. We're compelled by your story. So you're actually giving us this. I, I know Thanks. that I feel, because <laughs> Brendan's thing, you know, I go into a room and I need within the first 10 minutes to know what's driving all these people. I've never been good at that. I've tried really hard to become better at it. And then I walk into a room full of people and they're all going, tell us more stories. We don't want to tell you about us. We want your story. Okay. <laughs> Just be who I am. You know, try and be a little less monologuing. Because um, I'm not a supervillain. And <laughs> when the supervillain starts monologuing, that's the moment where their fall arrives because they're. Yeah. I appreciate so, that you really, that you see that the, the, the reference of the Incredibles. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I got that too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so it, it's been. It is difficult to describe the scale of the shift because this has been something I have been struggling with. Certainly for the last two years while this business was trying to get off the ground, is actually I am all in. I just haven't realized that that was all in. And so yeah, the alignment thing and allowing me to be who I am, perhaps polishing off some of the sharper edges, rather than trying to be somebody who I'm not, mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. Powerful. What about you, Lobra? Can you ask a question again? You got it. So the power of the community, how has that served in your breakthroughs? I think I think the community has served to help me find more breakthroughs because I have more people to talk to, more people, more coaches. So it's literally the power of numbers. <laughs> the more people I can get around to tell my story, the more people are willing to listen that can give me feedback so I can grow. And it goes both ways too. That's, I don't, that's a lot, that's the first thing that came to my mind, I guess. I love it, yeah. What about you, Spike? Um, community's always been kind of difficult for me because I'm, I'm more insular. Um, I'm great and ebullient and fun when there's a lot going on, but I don't ask for help. I have a hard time doing that. And so seeing, because I'm always thinking that I'm, I'm the only person. I love it when it's like, okay, who, who else is having this problem? Like, everybody's hand goes up. I'm like, I'm not alone. Yeah. You know, we all have the issue. So asking for help from, you know, other coaches and Brendan and, and you know, Tony Robbins, all, all the other people that are out there, all the, the trainings that we have, answers are coming. You know, so be training to be a coach. I get answers to so much of that stuff. And then when we're around all these people and then having these great masterminds, it's like out of nowhere, a download comes, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just a little, and this is the power of the mastermind. It's that one-on-one. -on -one. The big crowd and community is great for motivating and all of that, but this is the implementation and this is where it happens. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, I think that's the important part. I think you touched on something that was so powerful of, of the little, like it's the little shit. It's not, it's, it's a tiny, I mean, Stuart, you would totally understand this since you're a pilot. It's like if you're one degree off, from, if you're flying from New York to LA, you can end up in San Francisco if you're one degree off. 
Well, Mexico, yeah, you, or Mexico, you're not like south. somewhere, you could yeah. end up the Pacific. You're sort of like something random out there. The Pacific, if you go that way, and you <laughs> <laughs> if you keep going, and you run out of fuel, or you actually yeah. don't know where your destination is. But but those tiny little pivots and shifts. I know we talked about that today. I you know. said compound wins, and I wrote that down. Yeah, yeah compound the, shifts. The that compound is. shifts of not. And I use the example of just you're not jumping from like eating a McDonald's diet to suddenly you're all in Ayurveda yoga and it's just like vegan. eating and vegan. <laughs> no, it's it's the it's a progression of the shifts along the way. It's the degrees of perfection of perfection in the word as, as Brendan <coughs> describes it. It's the act of perfecting, not the perfect product as presented immediately. Because the perfection, it isn't the word, the verb to perfect, to constantly tweak. And it's just little tiny pivots and shifts. When you first start a sport, for example, you improve 100% when you first learn how to swing a golf club. That doesn't make you a professional. It takes the time and the years of practice. And as you keep going, as you progress, the degrees of change actually get smaller and smaller. But the difference between Tiger Woods in his heyday and a collegiate golfer is very similar. I just heard a trash truck outside and I thought of my son. Oh, oh, yeah. I was so distracted. I was like, holy crap, where is the boy? I have to grab him, take him out, run him outside so he can say hi to Isaac, the trash man. Um. <laughs> so you, you, any, if you're off on a, a course, and any course, whether it's flying or building a business or just changing the way you're thinking about stuff, if you wait for six hours to work out where you are, you're a long way off. And, and you've made a small error. You're on it. So you have to keep coming back. And, and over time, especially with business or in personal development, you may decide, actually, I thought I was heading for this goal, and I, and I set off and I deviated, but I checked frequently, and we corrected and we got back on, but then actually we deviated the other way, and I discovered, actually, I like the look of L.A. rather than San Francisco better. That's okay, but because you've been checking back on yourself and measuring and, and looking at it's a conscious decision to, to deviate, but it's also the corrections are all small, rather than getting there, realizing you're over the wrong city and you now have 100 miles to fly and you only have 50 miles of fuel left. Exactly. You, know, you, you, you have to keep coming back and checking in. And I think that's where regular masterminds and, and a group of people People talk about co-accountability and stuff like that. No, it's actually just a bunch of people who will be real with you. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a, a master-servant relationship. It's a bunch of people who you can trust to be critical friends that you speak to frequently. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you keep getting that little check. Oh, I'm a little bit drifting. Let's get back on course. I'm a little bit drifting. Let's go back on course. Okay, well, I'm regularly drifting off to the right. What do I have to do to fix the, the track so that I stay on course. You can only do that with frequent jetpack, and as human beings, you can only do that in community. Absolutely. I think that the clarity of knowing exactly where you are and where you want to go is so essential. I mean, it's the, literally one of the first pillar in high performance that 
we work on is making sure you're clear not only of what you want, but of who you want to be in the process. So can you speak on a little bit about how your identity as who you are has shifted? So I know some of you have been working with me for a while, some of you have been working with me for just a short time, but how has your identity shifted since you've really gone all in on your dream? Go for it, Kala, yeah! <laughs> well, you can see my face. It's like, I'm not sure I know what I'm gonna say. Or, I think that I wrapped myself up so much in the identity of business owner and, and oh, what do I mean? Having or having to know exactly what the end, no, let me start again. I, oh God, I don't know that I know what my company is or what it will become. And I, It's so, it's okay. It's the hardest part. Take your time. Can, can I offer something and see whether it lands or uh, say that it's fine? Sure. Perhaps, because you, you, you started by saying that you were focused on being a business owner. And perhaps now you're less tied up with being that identity and that frees you to be the creative who you are. That's where I think I was going. Okay. What's that? Well done, Stuart. Right over here. Okay, I should have said, well, I didn't want to say no because I want the feedback, but Feel luckily, free to tell me that's, to shut up. No, 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 luckily that's where I shut think up. I was going. Yeah. <laughs> um, that I felt so that I had been pushing this business into one direction and it just had to work that way and that everything I was doing, it just wasn't working and so I could justify blaming myself for it because nobody else was to blame for it, it was just me. And, you know, maybe I've come to some breakthroughs this, this weekend and in, in work with you and in my own work. Um, I don't know that that's correct. I don't know that it's the market will support what I have come up with. I don't expect that I could make it happen within less than two years if that's what I wanted to do. And I think maybe sort of coming to some sort of acceptance that I'm in this right now and what I'm doing is, is okay. It's not the end goal. There is more ahead. I don't know what it looks like. And, and I can exist in the now more comfortably as a result I think, even though I'm uncomfortable with the results that the now is right now making. God, does that make any sense? Yes, it does. In fact, it reminds me of a cat video. That actually reminds me with what I'm doing, 100%. So, it's just the justification of every day when you don't think that what you're doing now is what you're actually going towards allows you so much room for self-doubt in every form it takes and so being able actually to get up every morning and just go not sure where I'm going but I'm just going here today yeah I think that's a lot of freedom allowing yourself to follow your curiosity I think so and Mm -hmm. I think what you I'm sure did with everybody else at the beginning of their work with you in whatever form it came was 
figure out what your values are as a human and as a creative and as a partner and as a daughter or sister, or whatever, like in your human form, who are you? And then your business comes after you. Mm -hmm. Your business is not your identity. Yeah. And and the beautiful thing is that I love that you said that, Stuart, is that you were defining yourself as a business owner mm -hmm. and you were making that a value. Yes. Whereas the values when we first started working at them, we divulged just what those were for you. None of them were the business owner. Mm -hmm. It was these extraordinary values that you had that you want to bring into the world more. That is your identity. That's who you are. And that's what your business can serve through. The business is there to serve you. Business owner is a job. You are not there to serve your business because otherwise you may as well go get a job with AT&T or anybody else. Running your own business is a platform from which your identity can grow into who it is. Running your own business is not your identity and can never be your identity because that's just a route to hell. I think that's what I've struggled with, or I was struggling with, is because I've never had a business. I have always served people, I've always helped people, and that's all I've wanted to do. But it's, I've always had an audience, a captive audience in the hospital, you know. And so, and not being sure I'm on that road and I know what I want to do, but that end piece, that big, your dream, that big piece is still being defined as a step onto that road, but I'm stepping onto that road with a lot more security and confidence and badassness. Like, <laughs> just like, get out of the way. It's like, there was, it's like, okay, I'm just, and, and those steps, they don't have to, I don't have to be there now, right? I don't have to know exactly what there is, but I know that there is a there that comprises certain things. But it's okay not to know that big thing, but to know where I'm going and to be so secure in it and to, and to like, yes, stay out of my way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think what, what, where you, where you can get tripped up is sort of in the general world when people ask you those questions, mm. what do you do? <gasps> what is your business? And you want to say, I don't know exactly, but I know I'm on it. <laughs> I can't yeah. have a journey or whatever it's going to look like. You can't tell that to I'm me. I'm still there. You know, I, yeah. this is what I do, but I yeah. don't know what I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I'm doing it. So, let me set you all free from this trap of business ownership. Amen. Um, Unleash. A business <laughs> is like a car, unless it is a collector's item. It is just a vehicle to get you from here to there. Mm. I have started 24 businesses in the last 25 years. Most of them no longer exist in an identifiable form. Most of them did what they needed to do at the time. Some of them have been wildly successful. Some of them have failed horrifically. But as soon as you get emotionally attached, to president or CEO, mm -hmm. you are no longer living your dream, you're living the business's dream, and it is not your dream, it's there to serve your dream. So when the time comes for this business, this particular incorporated thing, to be sold or to die, 
you hope that his death is Jack Tor rather than spectacular bankruptcy or whatever. But yes. it's not your death. It's not your death. Let it go and go to the next thing. Don't be emotionally you, it's when you get emotionally attached to that 15-year-old Ford and yeah. you're spending more on new tires every year yeah. than you yeah. are than it's worth. No, just scrap this. Yeah. Walk away. And a business is just the, 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 yeah. the incorporated identity, the, the banking account, whatever it is, is just the same. When it's no longer serving you, I'm going to say it again, take it out and shoot it. <laughs> or sell it, or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I literally yeah. just had a conversation with one of my clients the other day on on what will happen if you let go of this business. Mm -hmm. Well, it'll die. Do you need to take off of life support then? Because that's exactly where it's at. Yeah. And and that's that was the question. And to to play off of what I said of what you reminded me of a cat video with what you said. There was a video that Spike literally showed me last night. It's of this cat just like trying to desperately climb up this slide from the slide. If it just got off the slide, assessed the structure, it would have found, <laughs> found the stairs. It could have crawled up easily, but it was so beholden to this one way that it had to get up the slide for whatever reason. And I think so often as business yeah. owners, I use the, the metaphor of a journey where you decide you have that idea, you decide you want to move forward with that thing, and you're starting out on foot. And as you build systems and structure and team and evergreen campaigns and things into your business, you're building the vehicle around you. But sometimes when you're still attached to that identity of being just the business operator and having the job in your business and working always in your business because you're always working in a business, you're like building a Fred Flintstone car and you're still doing the walking even though you have a vehicle around you. Whereas when you step into being a business owner, it allows you to put your foot on the gas and go and then eventually to have hire a driver to just mm -hmm take it off into the sunset for as long and as far as it can go and as it needs to go. Michael Gerber in his book, um, The E-Myth, mm. um, he talks about this theoretical person who loved making pies and all her friends said, you, know, you should make pies. So finally she sets up a business making pies and pretty quickly she's spending all day selling pies in the shop, most of the evening making new pies for tomorrow and the rest of the night ordering supplies, doing the accounts, taxes, all the rest of this. And within a very short period of time, you hate doing the thing that you love doing because you've built this millstone around your neck. And that can happen so quickly and it spoils the love that you have for your art. Mm -hmm. um, and it's hard, but that's where that thing you said to me is that you know, when is an assistant free? when an assistant earn, enables you to earn more than they cost. I went and hired a full-time assistant the next day, and I have not regretted it at all, because we did, last month, a third more than we had in any other month previously. Because she was taking things She was taking off my plate, yeah. And, and then, so that's the encouragement. It may be that you don't have a business that's going to grow beyond, actually, it is just you. That's fine. That's 
Self-employment is a perfectly good route. But it sounds like you actually have something that either needs to expand, because otherwise it's going to kill your jewelry in your art. That would be such a shame. Or you need somebody, a VA, or maybe a physical assistant. It's a bird. Yeah. The bird is like, true, true. <laughs> to take some of that load off you. Even yeah, if it's for five hours a week, yeah. whatever I it is. I found that person. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And then, then the, and it takes a while to train them up, and they let you down. And da, 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 you have to firefight to put the thing back on the rails. That's what I was going on. But I think, I, I, I love the fact, I mean, Stuart, you have been such an ex excellent example in speed of implementation. Because when you have an idea, because in coaching, I'm not giving you the ideas. I didn't say go out and hire an assistant tomorrow. You, I, I asked you just, when is, when is an assistant free? When is hiring somebody, when is hiring help free? And you came up with the answer when they, you make more than they cost. You hire them the next day. And that's, that's the case so often. She was we, quite surprised. We get that. I, I, I'm so happy. And well, I, the assistant was quite surprised as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she was quite surprised. Yeah. But that's so often we have those insights and that pop, and we don't lean into that speed of implementation. And one of my earliest mentors, when I was first starting my e commerce business, that he said that the key differentiation between any business owner and any entrepreneur is the speed of implementation. How quickly do you take information and apply it rather than having it be like, oh, that's an interesting piece of information. And then you put it on the back wheel, hamster wheel of doubt and fear and maybe and questioning instead of going with it and saying that this is what I'm doing. Course correct, course correct, course correct. Okay. New choice. Shift. Okay. That didn't work. New choice. Shift. Constantly thinking of next rather than not getting on the ride. Hewlett Packard, which is the big corporate that I started my career with out of university, did a whole pile of research. Okay, they're selling physical, expensive to develop electronic products. But they realized that if a product launch was delayed three months, so this might be a product whose life cycle might be a number of years before some new technological invention. If the product launch was delayed three months, they lost 50% of the profit they would ever make from that product, that product. And that's where I learned the speed of it. If you're going to do something, do it. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, kill it. But don't... Continue. Don't, don't, don't dally with the Because every second that you delay, somebody else may get in there, may have the same idea, will do it better. Done is so much better than perfect. Mm -hmm. But that's so hard to do when you're what, what, what you want to do is so uncertain. And <laughs> there's so that's much uncertainty. That's, a, that's just an iterative process. You're out there, you're trying it. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think in your case, yeah. accept the help. There are so many people willing to oh, help. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, and, Thank you. And it breaks your heart because you're thinking, I'm imposing upon them. And we're all looking at it going, How can we help? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we see the heart, and that's. I think in this community, it's the hearts are what really. We're not about. I'm going to become a billionaire, and I don't care who I kill on the way. That's nothing that I have seen in the last few days. Your heart is to serve, and therefore, why not let those whose hearts are to serve serve you? And for those who want to be a billionaire, if you're part of this community, 
You're going to be a billionaire and you're going to serve a billion more people because you're a billionaire. Because I think when you when you come from that place of heart and of service, which every single person in this room does, it it is a, such a deep place of meaning and love and care. And sometimes that care is so deep that there's also the the other side of the coin, which is the fear that you're going to fuck it up, and then that problem of caring because becomes a deeper thing because that care conflicts with the fact that there was a mistake made and it may have hurt someone. And I think that that's something that I know a lot of my clients have wrestled with and that in, in the fear of making a mistake, not necessarily for ourselves, but more for, for it impacting somebody else. Because our, the drive is for, is out of such heart and such mission. And it's very rare that an individual who makes a mistake on purpose. You, you try something in your business and it doesn't work and a bunch of people helped you try it. They're not going to go, well, you wasted our help yeah. unless mm -hmm. you did. And, and the reality is you wouldn't. None, none of us here would waste somebody's help. It might not work. We may not have the skill. It may have been the wrong timing. It may have been the wrong idea. None of that is I deliberately wasted your life. And, and I think that's something you have to tell one. You often have to tell yourself, yeah. and that's why you don't do it. Yeah. What if this new direction, or what if hiring this assistant goes horribly wrong? Well, you're right. Okay, that didn't work next. Yeah. And that's incredibly hard, and I think it's like exercising any other muscle, and I think that's one of the commitments I, I hope to implement is that just that muscle of, okay, next, okay, next. And gosh, Colin, okay, man, you have had some powerful lessons this past year in okay, next. And you got through them to the point where now you have a team. Mm -hmm. And like that's, that's such a powerful discovery and implementation of that belief. And now bringing in more of those legs to strengthen that. Next. Great. Let's try this. Let's let's give it a go, as Richard Branson says. Let's give it a go. I was just about to say yeah. that. <laughs> have that thing. You know, let's yep. you want to try that? Let's try it. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a go. Fail, fail fast, fail cheap. So to wrap this up, what is the most valuable lesson that you could stand on your soapbox and preach to the world? that you have discovered this past week? Oh, this past week. That changes the question. Yeah. <laughs> it changes the question. Oh. Well, this yeah. past week. Funny right now. <laughs> you just pulled ahead a whole bunch right now. For From this past week? week? Yeah, go ahead, Kala. Your answer yeah. is out there. Someone has it. You just have to keep asking until someone says it in a way that you can hear. <gasps> oh, that is good. That is good. Anyone else? I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, damn. I have gotten part of my answer from every single person in this room. Mm -hmm. Whether it works or not, I don't know. It's an answer, not the answer. That's what I always say for what I do is I don't have the answer for you. I have an answer of an infinite number. But I have now five different additional, six different additional inputs. Yeah. Yeah. 
And my, and my big one is no matter how much work you do, no matter how much training you do, no matter how many business you start, et cetera, et cetera, a breakthrough can come anytime. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine was definitely the the less the one that I had on the first night of HPX, which was the deserving comes first, you earn it after. You deserve your dream, you deserve your desires, things that you desire in your heart that you want to do and share with this world. You deserve it because it's there, because it's stirring in your heart. You earn it after. And every day is an act of earning it. Every day is an act of taking those actions to earn it. And that's my next podcast. <laughs> what would you say, Susie? <clears throat> you know, the second chance, the second chance, the second act, that, that resonated so much with me. And it was just so huge because it's because I've been given and taken that second act, that second chance. And I was really only seeing ordinary. And I realized, and I'm like, no, no, extraordinary. If you are lucky enough to have that second chance and, and your ability to do something that is just, you know, so happy you're so passionate about all effing in and just go extraordinary with it and i think that was probably one of my the biggest ones i mean there were so many you know energy generating yeah. and just but that one just keeps coming back it's like go for it and go big and be extraordinary and that was huge because otherwise you know it's not it's not an alignment it's there it's it's just yeah, the, you know, all in. Why do you think I make all of you put on crowds? And Stuart, what was yours? Um, weirdly, I think I realized that actually I can lift more on my shoulders than I thought I could. <laughs> but literally, legs. Did you see the control? Um, yeah, it was, <laughs> I know we're laughing about this, but through the whole thing, there's, I've always felt that I was great. You know, you've got this little boat, you go out from the jetty, you get on the bigger boat, the pilot guides the bigger boat out of the harbor and into the, into the wider ocean. And then the pilot gets off the big boat and gets back in the little boat and goes back to the shore and keeps doing that. And that's what I've done 24 times. And I've always looked out to the ocean and thought, that's somebody else's job. And I don't have the skills, I don't have the temperament, I don't have the XXXXX. And I think the last few days have helped me believe that, yes, there's some skills I need to learn, some techniques, but they're techniques, they're not... Uh, Personal attributes. Yeah, so, yeah, I always believe I couldn't do that. And, and the answer is, uh, um, yeah, I can do that. I have stuff to learn. There are coaches. Um, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have this shit that I have built 
and it is mine to literally sail across the Atlantic and then across the Pacific because Australia is the hugest market for this industry. We've learned a load of mistakes in the UK, we will learn a load more in, in the US, but we will grow hugely and then we will go back to the home of the industry in Australia and, and do that. And then that's basically the English speaking world owned. Um, and it's mine to sell. That's mm. the biggest thing. I'm sorry, I'm going to lose it because I haven't thought about that. That's amazing, dude. <laughs> You can make it Oh, like actually yeah, like bigger waterfalls. Yeah, and like that. None of us are alone. And we all, you know, it's funny because when you're lifting on the shoulders, is what it, you know. If you wait, no thing. No. speaking that room is you know none of us are alone you know I kind of thought that I was the only one who had those concerns and I'm coaching people and I'm like but you know but we all it was so uplifting to physically and yeah physically but to know that there were shoulders to to help you stand up or to see or to see what you couldn't see and and that was what this whole event did, and you, and, and you know. sorry, to, to, that there are people who can see, who are willing to lift you beyond what they can see, because they can see this much, mm -hmm. and they're willing to push you that far so you can see even further. Oh, God. <laughs> I think that's the benefit of a coach right there. Uh -huh. yeah. I think coaching is just an elevated form of leadership. It's, I, I mean, one of, Brendan has been a huge mentor of mine, and the fact that he, he is so focused on legacy and going beyond, and his legacy is, is the coaches. It's the certified high performance coaches that will continue to move that forward. And I think that that's, Something that uh, I remember an influencer, he said, like, please be more successful than me. Like, go take this, go faster, and go farther. And I think that that's something, especially as parents, that that's wanting that for our children or for our students or for anyone that we come into contact with as, as heart-centered leaders to say, yes, I'm giving you this. Succeed beyond. I see you here and going higher than you even can imagine. When you actually get to that point where you see where you can be, and then we go push you a little farther, and you see beyond. Well, that's the servant leadership model. That's the servant leadership. So, Logro hmm. needs to say his what? biggest breakthrough for this week. Oh, right. Um... I had a lot of little breakthroughs. I think it's just a compound effect. I think there was just a lot of things that I fine-tuned this week that's really I'm going to be able to take home. I had a lot of ideas, a lot of things that I want to do, a lot of things I want to adjust. I just found a whole list of things that I know I can work on. Actionable things. So 
Awesome. Yeah, I don't know if there's any one big, I mean, we had a breakthrough today. Yes. Great too. Yeah. But it, there wasn't any one breakthrough I want to mention because it's the compound effect that really has made an impact this week. There was a lot of breakthroughs this week, so. Awesome. You guys are amazing. I am so grateful for every single one of you. I am so blessed to be your coach, to be working with you. And I'm excited We're blessed to, to have you. Thank you. And thanks for marrying me, dude. Thanks for taking one for the team, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and for somebody's got to do it. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a tough job. It's a rough job. Yeah. And for yeah. cook, I mean, imagine living with the challenger for like twenty-four-seven. Yeah. That man's a tough man. <laughs> but the thing is, is he also cooked for all of us, and Thank that you. is a demonstration of leadership as well. And. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crown yourself now or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.